You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pishemish Israel 5783, 2023. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Shemos. We begin the Sefer of Geula, of Golus and Geula, as the Ramban explains, Bracious is the seeds, and we begin to see those seeds sprout and develop in this Sefer, in, Par- in Sefer Shmos, the book of Exodus. And of course, where does it begin? It begins with Moshe Rabbeinu. It begins with Moses, who's the redeemer of the Jewish people. But really before that, it begins with a very brave act on the part of Moshe Rabbeinu's mother and sister, who are referred to in the Psukim as Chazal tell us, as Shifra and Pua. Paro commands them. Pharaoh says to them, they must destroy the baby boys. They must kill the baby boys. And the Pasuk tells us, the the midwives, which is a reference to Shifra and Pua, Yocheven and Miriam, they feared Hashem, they feared God, they feared Heaven. And therefore they did not kill the children, even though their lives were at stake. Even though, as we'll soon see, they had an opportunity to become very great in the house of Pharaoh, in the house of Paro. Nevertheless, they did not, get, they did not uh, you know, kill the children in order to get any personal benefit, heaven forbid, only the opposite, as we'll see. They did, they did all that they could in order to help out the children. Let's see this together. It's a very interesting medrash. A few points in the medrash, a few interesting ideas. <coughs> Excuse me, let's study this together. Alei Nemar, the Pasuk says, says the medrash in Mishle. Pasuk says in Mishle. Proverbs, King Solomon tells us that a woman who fears Hashem, she shall be praised. Right In this Pasuk it said that they feared heaven. They feared God. So there's two things here which are very interesting and we need to understand the connection. But the Medjusha is going to understand that besides her telling them that they needed to kill the children, there was something a little bit sinister, or maybe very sinister, about Paro's approach with the Mialdes, with these midwives. The Pasuk uses an unusual language, says the Medrash, in speaking about the fact that they didn't do as he spoke to them. What does it mean that as he spoke to them? This teaches us that Paro actually wanted to, on the surface of things, he wanted them to have relations with him, marital relations with him, these Mialis, these midwives. They didn't accept this. They weren't interested in his offer. Now, in trying to understand what is this exactly, what, what is this idea, or what is it connected in to, to the fact that he wants them to do this, this uh, infanticide, what is going on? So, one of the Mephoshim explains, and there's a few different explanations here, but this is the shot I like the most. One of the Mephoshim explains, that Paro made them an offer. He made them an offer, you know, to be a, a princess or a queen of Pharaoh is a very high level in Egyptian uh, society. And he said to them, Lizdavik doesn't just mean to have marital relations, but it actually means to marry them. So Paro said to them, look, I'm giving you an opportunity here. If you do as I say, if you kill the Jewish children, so then... I'll marry you. You'll become a queen, a princess. You'll be you'll be able to uh, to have a very 
coveted position in in uh, in Egypt. Even though this was a great opportunity, they did not accept it. They weren't interested in it. So, you know, it's hard to understand exactly this idea, but living in a dictatorship, we don't live in dictatorships, Baruch Hashem, but uh, there's a lot of power to the dictator, there's a lot of power to the king. And they were putting their lives at risk. Let's go on. Let's get into the main points here. The measures tells us, look, it's obvious, right? Obviously, if they didn't do what Paro said, obviously they, they kept the kids alive. <coughs> Why does the Pasuk need to tell us that they they were Makayim, the children, that they gave sustenance to the children, or that they let them live? It's obvious. Yeshkilus kilus. Says the Medrash, there's a praise within a praise here. Not only did they not fulfill that which Paro said to do, not only did they just deny the the request of Pharaoh on the simple level, but they furthermore they did favors to the children. They did things in order to make sure that not only would this child not be killed, but that the child would live and the child would live well. There were some women who were poor, who were poor, and these mialdes, these midwives, would go and they would go to rich people and they would say to the rich people, "Please give something so that the poor women can have what they need, so that their children can have what they need." This is what it means when it says that the midwives gave life to the to the children. Not only did they help the women give birth, not only did they defy the words of Pharaoh, they further went and took care of all of the needs of the Jewish women so that the children should be able to grow properly. There should be no problems. That's number one. That's the first... <coughs> excuse me. It's the first understanding. Now here's where we get to the main the main idea which I'd like to to discuss. The Medrash tells us that the women, these Mialis, these midwives, they saw something very interesting. They saw that there were children in the process. I don't know, they didn't have ultrasounds in those days, but they saw that there were certain children, and perhaps the Ruach HaKadosh, they were able to recognize, it's not clear exactly how they knew, but they saw that some children would come out lame, or blind, or missing a, a part of their body, or some, some kind of physical issue, come out with birth defects. Or there were children that could come out where it looked like they're, they're, something had happened to their body part. Because of this Xera of Pharaoh, so they were driven, the Mialtes were driven to stand up in prayer. And they said in front of God, They said, You know that we did not fulfill the will of Pharaoh. He wanted us 
to kill the children. He wanted us to maim the children. He wanted us to cause them damage. We want to fulfill your word. We want to fulfill your ruts in Hashem, your will. We don't want any kind of negative report to come out about us that we listened in some measure that we tried to kill the child and therefore that's what happened. That's why they came out blind or lame or some, some kind of missing limb. We don't want to be accused of having, even in the slightest, tried to fulfill the the gzera, the decree of Pharaoh. As a result of this prayer, God listened to the prayers, and even though this child indeed was supposed to come out with missing limb, with blindness, with inability to walk, Hashem listened to their prayers, and the result was that they came out in a perfect state. The children, the babies, came out perfect. A miracle. Unbelievable. Rebbe Levi, Rebbe Levi says another idea. Rebbe Levi says, you're saying a light thing. You know, a birth defect is, is a terrible thing, but it's nothing compared to something more serious. There are some babies that should have died when they came out. They should have died in childbirth they, or, or come out stillborn. Or that the mother should be in danger and and they could die after. I don't know if it's talking about the mother or, or the, the child. Could die after the baby comes out. And they stood up in prayer and they said in front of God, Master of the world, let them, let them not. The the word tzleilah means to to wait. Let them, let them not be judged now. Let them not be judged now. Let them live. So that, that, that no one should say that that we killed them. That we killed them. That we listened to the gzera of Pharaoh. That's what it means when it said that not only did they not listen, did they defy the word of Pharaoh, they gave life to the children. What, what does it mean? It means, according to this pshat, that they prayed on their behalf. He, they prayed, number one, that they should come out, shleiman, that they should come out in perfect condition, that the babies should have no birth defects. Not only that, but they prayed that the babies should come out live, that there should be no, there should be no children that should come out stillborn, heaven forbid. This is a very interesting idea, a very deep idea, and it needs a deeper understanding. Perhaps we'll get to that very soon. Not perhaps, we will get to that very soon. I'd just like to read on a little bit further in the Medrash. So it says two things. It says, So whenever we have the word S, whenever we have the word, it's hard to translate the word in in. English, the word S means with. Right? We find Noach went with God. So here it says, And whenever we have the word S, it always implies that there's something along with. So besides for the fact that they gave life to the children, 
They didn't kill the children and they encouraged the growth of the children, as we saw. There was also something that, along with it, they gave life to the mothers as well. Right? So that's this prayer. That's this prayer. What does it mean that they feared they feared heaven? They beautified themselves with the with the ways of their forefather Abraham. We find that Avram Avinu was referred to as someone who fears heaven. Fears heaven. So Avram Avinu did, did an amazing thing. Abraham was known for his chesed. He was the ish chesed. He's the midah of chesed. He has the midah, the, the, the uh, character trait of kindness. They learned from Avram Avinu. What does Avram do? Abraham would see passers-by and he would bring them into his tent and he would take care of them and he would feed them. They said, look, not only do we need to take care of them and feed the children, what we're, supposed, we're not going to feed them, we're going to kill them, heaven forbid. No, we're going to give them life. As we saw before, the Mialdais, they beautify themselves with this Mida. In other words, the Medrash's understanding, where it's, it's saying really the same idea, but just connecting it in another way. But Tirena HaMialdais HaZalakim, it speaks about the fact that they feared heaven. This is a Mida, this is a Mida of Avram Avinu of Abraham. Interesting, I'm just thinking as I'm reading. Um, Yosef also says that he fears heaven, right? When he's speaking to the brothers. He's also someone who is uh, mafarnes. He's someone who provides sustenance for for the Jewish people, for all of the area. So so there's a, an aspect here of, in, in the year HaSelikim, there's an aspect of, certainly the measure is saying clearly, explicitly, from Abraham we, we see that he was somebody who was, someone who feared heaven, and and he provided for others. He provided for others. And so the Mida of these Mialdais, the midwives, they were not just people who were interested in helping bring children into the world. Obviously, that was their profession. They couldn't bring themselves to kill the children who they were supposed to help. And they also couldn't, they couldn't do anything less than providing for the needs of the children as we saw. Now they put themselves in danger, and I'd just like to read the wrap-up of what happens. Because, you know, I'm saying, they put themselves in danger, they defied the will of Paro. What happened? What was the result? Pharisees, they didn't fulfill his decree. The, the, the Jewish women are having babies, no one's getting killed. What's going on? Supposedly so says that they, they called, the king, of, the king of Egypt called to the Mialdas and says, what's going on there? What's going on here? So, they gave their explanation. They gave their explanation. And they explained that the, the Jewish women are not like the Egyptian women. They're much, they're much more robust. They're much stronger. When they, when they give birth, by the time we get there, the baby's out already. We can't, we can't uh, make it look like the baby was born, stillborn. Now, what was the result? The Pesach says, that God, God provided for and did good to these to these midwives. The measure says, "What was the good that they that they received?" 
You know, it's very easy to say, look, I can't, I can't do what's right. It's very hard to do what's right. So many instances, because you're going to get in trouble. You're risking your life. In this case, they were risking their lives. So the king hears that they're defying him. But, God, the same, very same Elohim who they feared, they had a fear of heaven, the very same heaven showered upon the blessings. What was the blessings besides for the simple shot of the puzzle that they received a home and they received all the good? There was also the simple, miraculous thing that, that Pharaoh didn't... Shekibo Devrem. He was Makaval. He received their words and he didn't cause them damage. On another level, Dabar Acher Vayetev Alakim. Right? The fear of heaven, it is wisdom. What is the the reward for their fear of heaven? It's Torah. It's wisdom. What does it mean? What was the reward of the Mialdais for Yocheven and Miriam? What was their reward? Since Yocheved, the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu, because she had fear of heaven, that's why she was chosen to be the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Moses. He was good. Right? The Pesach says, He is good. She saw that He's good. Beautiful. <laughs> what a gorgeous medrash. What was the result? What was the reward of Yocheved? Yocheved did something difficult. She did something impossible, really. She risked her life to save the Jewish children. What was the result? What was the reward? She received Torah. The Torah came through her son, through Moshe Rabbeinu. The entire world today, 3,300 years later, still, every single person acknowledges the wisdom, the goodness of the Torah. The Ten Commandments Moshe Rabbeinu brought into the world, right? That was the reward. The Torah is called by the name of, of, of Moshe. Remember the Torah of my, my servant Moshe. Okay, and Miriam is also rewarded that from her came Bitzalel, who was the one who would be the craftsman of the Mishkan. So, this was the goodness, this was the, the favor that they received in return. They received the, an incredible thing. Tyra came through them. Shechina came through them. The, the divine presence was revealed through the offspring of Yocheved and Miriam, these two midwives. Now, when I read this Medrash, it's a lot of information here, but when I read this Medrash, I take out of this a central theme. And the central theme is that there are a lot of rewards, it would seem to be, for someone who defies Hashem, for someone who does the wrong thing. You know, we can put it into today's terms, but I don't really so much want to. I just wanted to speak about the idea, you know, each and every one of us can apply this to our own lives. Each and every one of us can see how this is something that we struggle with, we face off with. There are many reasons, there are many things pulling us towards doing what's wrong might be a Parnassa issue. It might be, how do I provide for my children? How do I provide for my family? It might be, you know, and that might spur a person to do something dishonest. 
it might be t- uh, the desire to do something wrong, taiva, some kind of desire. There are many things pulling us, and there are many rewards. Just like the Mialdes were offered a reward, they could become the queen of Pharaoh. They could have an they could become have an incredible status. You know, we can all translate this into what what is in our lives the thing that we want that we might gain from doing something which we know is not right. If we would focus on Yiras Hashem, we would know it's not right. But what did the Mialdes do? Not only did they not buy into the incentive of Pharaoh, they feared heaven. And the the very challenge itself presented them with an opportunity to pray. And this is a very interesting point as well. You know, the Medrash tells us that since they were it, they wanted, they were insistent in front of God, they said, God, you know, we don't want anyone to say that they don't want anyone to even think that they did anything wrong with the children that caused, that brought about any kind of negative impact, that the children will be born with any kind of birth defects, or that any child will be stillborn. They prayed because of that. They were, they were, um, inspired to prayer. Why? Because, because of the very Xavier, the very thing that was decreed upon the children that they should be killed. In, in a hidden way, resulted in a prayer that caused that there should be no problems. You know, this this underscores to me, we look at our problems, we look at our difficulties, we look at our challenges, we look at so many things that go on in our lives that seem to be, we don't want those things. We're not interested in the in the problems. We're not interested in the pain. We're not interested in the, the difficulty. And what you see from this measure, the measure is pointing out that the very thing itself that seemed to be terrible, the xer, the decree on the children, brought about that there should be no problems with the children. It, it created a situation where the prayer brought out that there should be no problems with the children, that there should be no stillborn children. So it was an incredible blessing. But chayenasi aladim through the the challenge itself was brought out a, a a deeper life for the children and the mothers that they should be healthy and well that they should be healthy and well that's the opposite it's the opposite of what we would think Moshe, uh, Avram Avinu in the Pusik that the Pusik brings that he was Yirei Lakimi he was a fear, a fear he feared heaven he was ready to do something which was the opposite of his kindness really it's talking about by by the by the Akedah, by the binding of Yitzchak, by the binding of Isaac, he was ready to do something which was against his nature. And that really saved Kalal Yisrael for all time. He was instructed not to, to, kill, to, to kill Yitzchak. And we remember his willingness to do Hashem's will. The, the Mialdes were also on that page. And what was the result? And this is the bottom line here. What was the final result? The final result was we got Moshe Rabbeinu. Yocheved was the mother of Moshe, the redeemer of the Jewish people. Why? Because of this terrible decree. The terrible decree itself brought out the fortitude of Yocheved and Miriam. 
the the greatness, the spiritual greatness of Yocheved and Miriam. And the result was we have Moshe, we have the Goel, we have the Redeemer of the Jewish people who is born. We have Bitzalel who is going to build the, the Mishka and the sanctuary for the Shekhinah, which is the purpose, as the Ramban points out also, of the entire story is to get to the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, resting upon the Jewish people. So the very difficulty itself, the fact that the Mialdais defied, they defied the will of Paro. They didn't listen. They didn't. They didn't fall into the trap of the quote-unquote reward that they might get. They didn't fall into that. Rather, they did. They focused on the will of Hashem. And these are individuals, of course. Yochavan and Miriam, they were the. She was the wife and the daughter of Amram, who was the Gadol Hador. But these were individuals, and their individual act brought about a redemption for the Jewish people. And ultimately, the Divine Presence would rest upon the Jewish people because of their bravery, because of their courage. Each and every one of us is called by Yochavan and Miriam to deny ourselves the, quote, rewards of doing what's wrong. And to choose to do what's right, to have fear of heaven, to to remember the kindness of Avraham, to remember the the fact that Avraham Avinu feared heaven, was willing to do what's right, despite it being against his nature, right? And when something is is our nature, so to go against our nature means that we're not rewarding ourselves, so to speak. When we do what's our what's our nature to do, it feels it feels natural. When we do what's right, despite our nature. There's a, quote, lack of reward, but there's an ultimate reward, and that's what the Medrash is teaching us. The ultimate reward is, despite the difficulty, despite the decree, despite the challenge, we get a result which is so much better, the opposite of what we thought it would be. And the result is also personal redemption, national redemption. Hashra Sashchina, Divine Presence rests upon us personally. And the divine presence rests upon us nationally. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should face off with our challenges in life. We should be able to have that Yerushalayim. We should be able to have the fear of heaven. We should be able to serve Hashem properly. We should be able to do chesed kindness with others and with ourselves, with our children, with our families. Hashem should help us and bless us that we should indeed be able to see the redemption in our own personal lives. We should be able to see the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence in our own personal lives. And we should be able to see the redemption and the Divine Presence on a national level for the Jewish people as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag.